Hey guys and welcome back to yet another episode of Panditri on a Pint. We are three blokes having an above average football conversation. Joining me on the podcast today is Vaishnav and Akshat. Po is away for a wedding. He's saying it's not his own but uh, we still have our doubts. <laughs> po could have eloped. <laughs> Vaishnav has just finished a very hearty meal uh, and we are now ready to record <laughs> after two weeks. We're sorry for the delay but we are back. um the time zones have been a little difficult to manage as always but uh here we are and we have a very exciting topic for you so how this topic basically came up was that we missed football for such a long time it's been a month and now we're recording on um this the 6th of august so we've had a friday and saturday of the premier league returning but in that space of one month we missed the game so much that you know we we were talking about the sport a lot and i remember akshat started sending us these um songs from fifa soundtracks yeah. like the, the playlist of fifa 12 fifa 13 and we were like oh fuck so we went down this huge rabbit hole and which is basically talking about the good old days of football and how much we missed them compared to the modern game that it is today uh i think we're aging now we've become like old uncles but that's besides the point speak for yourself but okay <laughs> we're the same age bro <laughs> I'm not aging. I am perfectly hale, hearty, and healthy. He's not aging. Very bold statements made by Vaishnav. Anyways, I'm 25 years young, bro. Oh, let's go on. Okay, before we get sidetracked again, what we're going to talk about today is football nostalgia and uh, the wonderful good old days of football and the things that we miss. personally the most about the sport right so i'm going to bring akshat into this conversation first i know akshat has a couple of things to say akshat why don't you start off and tell us what what are the things about the game that that you miss and that aren't so prevalent today um okay so the, the one thing i miss the most um from back in the day are managerial rivalries and we have been lucky over the last four seasons to have witness like one of the greatest battles of managerial minds in the premier league between pep guardiola and jurgen klopp both playing extremely amazing football both having settled squads who everyone appears to be at their peak at the right time playing the best football extremely close season after season after season but the managers are always so respectful of each other they always compliment each other yeah, they're nice to each other it's boring thank you amar it is boring i want to see the mean comments i want to see the mind games i want to see them like throw shit at each other during press conferences that's what i grew up with the whole mind games when mourinho was at his peak sir alex ferguson people like even rafa benitez i just love that tension cuz It, like football especially um football with like an arch nemesis or a rival or a derby it's a very very combustible sport the crowd is properly into it the stadium is on a knife's edge the players are up for it there are a lot of players from the youth academy so they've grown up with this hatred and to this right the one one final missing ingredient is if there's some kind of a tension between the managers and the lead up to the game is kind of caustic It, it it would just make the game so much better and i want to talk to you guys about two like examples which for me like epitomized it the pettiness cuz i love the pettiness and <laughs> that's 
Mourinho uh, first of all Mourinho and Arsene Wenger that turned ugly and that was bubbling for a long time but for me it came to its peak um when Mourinho when Wenger visited Stamford Bridge for his 1000th game overall in the Premier League and Jose Mourinho responded with a 6-0 destruction of Arsenal <laughs> um and that was the game by the way where i don't know if you remember but i think the referee red carded the wrong player oh gibbs in the chamber no that was a oh that was the arsenal game yeah. right so yeah, he yeah. he showed it to uh, kieran gibbs but he actually meant it for oxlade chamberlain all the other way around yeah yeah, one, yeah. <laughs> one of those two so that that's the game they lost 6-0 and um shortly after Mourinho made those infamous comments which live and haunt Arsene Wenger to even this day he called Arsene Wenger a specialist in failure and he said that you know this man has been around for so long but he hasn't tasted success in europe i think he's a specialist in failure that's not the bro, exact for a quote guy who it's like his third language probably bro english he's scathing he's he so, wants to be man yeah he's nasty Yeah nasty and, and Wenger I th- he didn't respond with this but earlier on in the rivalry I think he called um, Mourinho a voyeur saying that he's always interested in what's happening to other people's clubs and he doesn't want to see what's happening in his own club that that doesn't hit as hard you see that yeah. that's just Wenger <laughs> going for highbrow insults like I respect the man bro but that's Wernil Mourinho yeah <laughs> but Wenger also seems like the kind of guy who can't give statements like that so he probably asked his coaches to write down five top abuses and came up <laughs> I don't think you mean like he's an idiot it's more like he's not that type of he's guy. nice yeah, like yeah, he's not exactly. he's not that bad a person yeah exactly not I, I don't think Mourinho is bad I know he's just good at it by the way I'm going to correct myself it was Mourinho who called Wenger a boyer <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah I just check my I'll, I'll take back his point for that That's just doesn't hit as hard. I think he is one of those people who is a voyeur. He likes to watch other people. There are some guys who, when they are at home, they have a big telescope to see what happens in other families. He speaks and speaks and speaks about Chelsea. <laughs> It bothers me because the guy is speaking all the time. We never speak about them. <laughs> This was during like their initial. His obviously his first stint at Chelsea, and when they were buying like fucking nobody's business. No, they were like the city original. Like yeah, at least at the scale proportion. Yeah, like in terms of buying up talent, who all they got, bro? They got in Robin. They they got in so many Drogba. players back then. Yeah, I think Drogba was a little later, but yeah, during no think, Drogba was Mourinho's first signing. I think at oh, Chelsea. Oh yeah, well, okay, I could be wrong. Yeah. I remember that team, bro. That Fly Emirates and Umbro they had like as a kid sponsor. Fucking hell, bro! Times, bro. Fucking yeah. on random British. I don't know if that fucking brand exists anymore, but like it is what it is. Yeah. Do Do you remember the time? I it might have been the same match, but they actually pushed each other uh, during the game on the touchline. Do you remember that? Yeah. I I I vaguely remember that, but I don't know which game it was in. Yeah. I know, bro. Their relationship is genuinely come to blows type relationship. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, funnily enough, I think Wenger's last game, at least at Old Trafford, when he came down, was when Mourinho was the manager, and you know, for Alex Ferguson and Mourinho gave him like a gift, uh, right. as a parting gift. Yeah, and right. It was funny because. Yeah. Wenger's like the two people who hated Wenger the most are <laughs> Alex and Jose Mourinho. 
Yeah. So three of them smiling in a picture together with Vengo holding a trophy made no sense to me. <laughs> uncomfortable, uncomfortable. But what's the second one? You said there were two. The second one is I think not just a defining managerial rivalry but the Titi defining football rivalry for anyone who's our age. That is the epic the era you mean. The era, yeah, that era. The epic El Clasicos. when um pep guardiola and jose mourinho were in charge of respectively barcelona and real madrid so the context behind that is so many things right first of all they were the two best teams not just in spain they were the two best teams in europe at that point right to that you add the squad okay that the, the players who were there absolutely top of their game um both the squad i mean the spanish squad was basically barca plus a few people from madrid right so that spanish team won the world cup and the euro so we're talking about top club level top country level players all in one in two teams they had the famous um, uh, center back pairing of puyol and uh, pk they had um, jordi alba they had um, the the busquets iniesta dani yeah dani alves they had the busquets uh, iniesta and xavi trio they had david via pedro messi or that was the barca team and and madrid the the players they had holy shit dude they had uh, pepe they had pepe ramos yeah pepe ramos they had arbeloa marcelo they had um javi alonso mesut ozil casillas and sami khedira dude How good was Sami Khedira? Oh, like he was a fucking unit. Yeah, he was like I. I but I feel like players like him are ahead of ahead of their times. Like those utility midfielders who are so physical and all that. Now it's so important these days to have in a team. Yeah, but Khedira was fast. So so whatever they had Di Maria also all those players. So okay, you have you have greatest teams. You have the greatest players. You have Messi and Ronaldo. Arguably the two goats playing in the same era against each other two times every year. Holy shit! Minimum. Then you have the two best managers in their prime. Mourinho was the fucking bomb at that time, dude. So the two yeah. best managers at that time going at it too, and they hate each other. It used to be so much fun, dude. It every single it's classical. not just hating each other, Akshat. It's also about like the two managers and the teams had such different philosophies yeah. and ways of way they played football. Antithetical, like absolute yeah. opposite. And th- th- that was, I think, where it was more fun. They, like Madrid were like, okay, let Barca keep the ball. We don't care because we're gonna hit them on the counter. And Barca are like, okay, we have the ball. We're good because we can we can break any team down. And that sort of that, I mean, th- that two three years El Clasico was peak. You know, it's the first yeah, thing you used to look fo- at. It was the only football I watched outside the Premier League and Champions yeah. League. Yeah. If I'm being honest, like. It yeah. was the only football I watched outside, and it was like you couldn't miss an El Clasico. You just couldn't. There was a point. Not only were Spanish teams dominating the Champions League, but when you watched El Clasico, at least because at least I didn't watch any other football in Spain. To the dis- difference in ability, technical ability, pace of the game. Of course, the Premier League has a different vibe to it, but technical ability and just vibes and tackles, bro. and it's also the the hostility between the two teams like the uh, managers hated each other players hated each other fans obviously are going to yeah. hate each other yeah so all of that and I, uh, it's it's good that you brought this up because uh, and i now recollect one time before a clasico where the catalonia region which is basically where barcelona is um have their own local news channel right and they came up with an advertisement for el clasico 
which basically showed um, all Real Madrid players compared to Hainas. <laughs> like Real Madrid players walking and Hainas walking side by side. <laughs> and at the end of the video, they showed Pepe wearing the Bane mask. <laughs> from from Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> to be to be fair, that Pepe was a part time footballer. He's a full time enforcer, part time footballer. <laughs> yeah. Full time thug. Yeah, he was sent onto the pitch by Mourinho with a hit list, bro. Uh, yeah. of assassination <laughs> type of weapon used there. Yeah, it's Cluedo, bro. Pepe with his right foot in the box. Man, I remember, bro, the amount of vitriol and anger and pure unbridled aggression in those matches, man. Like, literally going hand to yeah. throat and shit. Like, yeah. man, you guys are so right. I miss that shit. Like, yeah, bro, football is better now, I guess, overall. Like, objective it's better to watch and like yeah maybe more goals more competitive but hate it needs hate bro it needs more hate <laughs> yeah give me give me Pepe give me Puyol and the thing with the thing that's sad is we've seen Mourinho sort of dwindle down as a manager in terms of ability right I mean his his football is outdated in a way it doesn't work bro, in the I modern ju- game I today I was just going to say I don't this is the perfect encapsulation of the dichotomy that is football, bro. There is no correct or wrong way to play. You score a goal, yeah, you just have to game. win. And both of those teams in that time playing exactly what Mourinho would play there and exactly what Guardiola... Okay, Guardiola and Mourinho have obviously evolved their game, but the, the overall principles of, the, of play have stayed the same. They have changed to the time. Even Mourinho's has, you have to admit, in the way that he's playing his football. But... Even at that point, in their purest iterations of their own version of football, they were both equally entertaining to watch. There was no two ways of... Like, I would watch a Madrid game as much as I would like to watch a Barca game. Right. So, like, I don't think you can just say that, you know, Mourinho... This is a tangent, but I don't think you, it's fair to say that shit. But, but, and by the way, like, what we said about Barca being the aggressors, trying to take them down and all that, till date, the most number of goals scored by a team in a single season was 121 by Jose Mourinho's Real Madrid. They were a force. They were an absolute force Bro, in the counter-attack. Four, four pass. Four, four pass, six touch goal from box to box. Yeah. Ozil, Di Maria, Ronaldo. And, and and they timed it. It was like a, it was 12 seconds, right? From box to box. I remember that. That was like a... It was, it, it was FIFA. Your mom is calling. You have to go. But that somehow that goal, if it goes, it's golden goal. It's like... It's like Man, I it's crazy. And that that watching shit like that, you think, why do we even keep the football for sixty percent of the time? Who needs it for that long, bro? Do that three times a game, you win, bro. Like, yeah, that was insane. What what I liked about this this rivalry is that even when Mourinho was at United and was at was at Spurs, which aren't which weren't the two best teams at that time, and Guardiola was at was at City, the rivalry between the two stayed. <laughs> the hatred stayed the same. Like. Equal hatred for each other. Yeah. 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 Because um, I, I think uh, it was Spurs that uh, beat City. 1-0. And uh, yeah, 1-0. And Guardiola said that we had 70-75% of the possession and we lost. And then Mourinho came in next and the, the, the press asked him about his comments on the statement. So Mourinho is like, Guardiola can take the ball home and I'll take the three points home. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, this Mourinho is... He writes slam poetry, bro, in his off time. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And, but yeah. And, and in this whole, like, uh, the, the, I think the, the worst stage in the relationship in that whole uh, El Clasico phase 
was um i they were scheduled to play each other four times in like two weeks cuz they had a copa america fi- no copa america sorry copa del rey final it had they had a league game and they had a two like champions league tie and they, mourinho was going at it and irritating pep so um so i think uh, the story was that they won so barcelona won the copa del rey mourinho and he said something about an offside which Barca already won the game, but he said something about an offside. And Mourinho, being Mourinho, didn't let that go. He's like, we have the first manager in history who is going to complain about decisions which went right. He knows the decision is right, but he's still going to complain about it. And that irritated Pep. So, so the all the media, everything, the entire week was like, what's Pep? It was say? that. It was that whole robber statement, right, with VAR. Was it? That's what this is, right? Uh, maybe. Uh, Where uh, Guardiola was against war and Mourinho said that only robbers are scared of security cameras or some shit like that. That's a different one, but that's true. That he said that too. Yeah. But so after this statement, he walked into the the press conference. Uh, Guardiola. He said, "Which one is Mourinho's camera?" Okay. And he went on a rant, and Guardiola is normally a cool, calm, collected. He's not going to go on a rant, right? He went on a fucking rant. He's like in here in the press conference. He's the fucking king. He's the fucking chief. Uh, but out there on the pitch, that's where we have to see if Barcelona want to hire the king of the press conference, they go hire Jose Mourinho. But if they want to hire the best on the pitch, it's me. And that's it. That was the press conference. And I'm like, and can you imagine the players have to play 24 hours later? Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> this is just peak football culture bro peak football culture man fuck yeah. so much fun bro and, and that, that's what uh, how you started off with like how you miss these rivalries i just feel that this city and pool rivalry rivalry will go could go down as the best rivalry if there was a little bit of spice to Exa- it i, yeah. I you know feel like the same that way. little Bro, if it if United were playing the same football City were playing, that would be the biggest game in sport. Like United, United Liverpool, yeah. Liverpool with the same quality of football transpose that like Liverpool City games, <coughs> which it should though because Manchester fans like the regions hate each other. So you'd think that City fans hate Liverpool fans too, but I don't think yeah. they have that many fans. I don't mean to take a dig at them, but it's true, man, to an extent. No, but There's it's nothing. just about the managers. Like, they suck up to each other so much, dude. First, I thought it was like mind games and they're being sarcastic about it, but it's legit respect. No, but it's also fans, right? Okay, that is true. Now, definitely between Klopp and Guardiola, yes, there's a peer-to-peer sort of a esteemed relationship there, but when you have fans like fucking Real and Barca fans, anything you say will be on that fucking El Chiringuito show and this other fucking news channel in Catalonia. That's all. That guy will be rubbing his pencil into the camera. That will be happening, bro. You can't... Like, everyone talks about that shit, you know? Every question is asked with, like, an intention of getting you to say some shit over So, yeah. When it's, yeah. When it's like... When the rivalries are not so caustic, even the media doesn't tend to push it over the edge. Like, if you notice, like you guys are saying, the relationship is so amicable. Like, they're genuinely complimentary to each other, which is like a mindfuck, right? But Yeah, like, but it I just think... needs that spark, bro. Like, it, it's it's on that precipice that if it gets a little out of hand in one of the games, like one bad decision from the referee or someone says something to another... Yeah, maybe like some full-on controversial incident, but there have been bad decisions and bad calls and trippy games between those two, bro. Like, 
if i feel like it would have happened if it had it was going to happen but i want to see a war dude i want to see a war they too classy <laughs> to have a war bro i think on the field though i don't think they are taking anything away bro and i don't think you need to fucking take people's knees off for to be a rivalry you can also just try to play better football that's that's where we differ vaishnav that's where we differ <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it bro i love it that's like the you guys know the roy keen and haland story you know? alfie king haland alfie king yeah bro i this one of my favorite stories and i'm going to say this right now on the pod common fucking misconception and his fucking harlan's dad like alfie is still saying it today which is wrong and even he said it roykin did not end his career roykin two footed his right knee my man had a left cruciating ligament problem for two years which is what put him out of commission his right knee was fucked through but like that wasn't what ended it anyway okay. bro that Both moments these like that bro those moments bro like the creation of that moment he fouls like roy takes a bat is that your fouls. football nostal- nostalgia no, vaishnav i just thought of it right now because it's fun <laughs> <laughs> cuz he said take his knee off bro but that story is insane dude i don't feel like i feel like it's the player version right where uh, uh, roy gets fouled when they're playing against leeds when alfie is still at leeds takes a bad knock to his knee he's gone i think it's 3 3 and a half 4 months he was out at yes, leeds yeah. he had like an acl injury and i remember Haaland's uh, apparently standing over him. He, I think he gets a yellow card from the ref, but he's standing over Roy, saying, "Bro, this guy's fucking acting. This guy's fucking acting. What is this shit?" And Roy is a hard man. Like he's a hard, hard man. <laughs> and Alfie did the mortal mistake of moving to City, and. That was like part of the mistake, right? The main part is like he stepped on the pitch. He was already at Leeds, right? Like a competitive football game. That's what the first yeah. incident happens at Leeds. Okay, Alfie okay. Injures Roy at Leeds, then moves to City. Man comes closer to home and has audacity to come that day to work. Like, I would bunk, bro. I won't come to office. I don't think Roy Keane knew what day it was, what time of day it was, what his occupation was at that point, what like. He knew nothing. He saw red. He saw Alfie. He saw his knee. He took it off, bro. And I, in his, you should if you guys can. I don't know if I've seen a slow mo of it. I've definitely seen a game like whatever a live action version of it, like at the normal playback speed. Alfie's body is pirouetted a good one eighty degrees because of force. Like when Roy's foot connects with his knee. the amount of force it dude mine even of literally come off like it's a violent collision and you can see rocking standing over alfie looking down and saying shit to him and obviously later it comes out rocking standing over him and i fucking now you're faking it now you're faking it what a petty <laughs> bastard bro and in his book man so he wrote a book 3 or 4 months after this this was towards the end of his united career anyway so he wrote a book before he retired <clears throat> in that book he describes this incident and says what i said like that he stood over haland and said that shit and when he says that the fa sees the book finds him no he had already been suspended for 5 games they increase that to 10 games or 8 games oh man and find him uh, find him 150000 pounds a decent amount of money in that time fuck my man roy 2 years later retires recreates the same incident in a new book and, and he writes man i'll tell you guys one thing though If anything like that had happened to a teammate of mine, I would fucking be at that dude's throat. Like whoever fouls my teammate, like the way I fouled yeah. Alpi, it I would have murdered someone on the pitch. 
and i thought alfie was a cunt and nobody came to his, like nobody said anything to me literally after mm-hmm. the referee just sent me off and yeah they crowded they didn't do anything mm-hmm. to me. they probably thought he was a fucking cunt <laughs> 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 ஒன்னோட <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> like those chasing type of things around the leg okay it's like this rehab exercise that he's doing for his knee and he looks like he's fucking goku in the hyperbolic time chamber bro <laughs> he's he, it's like for four months he can see alfie's knee in front of him and he's just training to get back to fucking Dude, kill just somebody. to just to kick him <sighs> bro fuck me man <laughs> some of these guys there's roy keen and then there's people like ronald dino and all you know <laughs> like if you fucking go wrong him out he'll come make barbecue for you next day <laughs> <laughs> he'll smile bro he'll smile he'll not make you five times and he'll go back okay moving on i'm coming to my nostalgia okay which is how players are not club legends anymore or don't aspire to be club legends anymore i think this comes back to something that we've spoken time and time again on this podcast which is how much the game has evolved in the last say 5 and 10 years commercially um of course the neymar transfer had a lot to do with this on how it's opened the market up but i just feel that clubs a don't build legends anymore and b players don't stick around long enough to be club legends anymore just because of the kind of opportunities that they get moving right we've also not been around long enough see like the probably de bruyne is a club legend like here no but exactly that's that's the kind of players that you would say are club legends today but i don't think so because hey. de bruyne did not start I'm I'm talking about legend status okay let oh, me you're talking about like one one club legends like one, one club one leg- club legend okay. those didn't happen ever we just know of some of them because they're an exception those never happened like the ones we know are the exception to the rule man and I don't think there are there's so fucking cutthroat out there to be at one club let alone a top club because that's the only one we're going to count will we fucking care about a north county striker who's been there for 25 years no but why should I don't mean one club for your entire career i mean one club for the majority part of your prime yeah i consider players like aguero de bruyne to be city legends bro and i don't think that's hard to say even players like van persie see someone like him Would you think of him as a United legend or as an Arsenal legend? United legend. I wouldn't call him a legend for either club though. Yeah. See? See? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I and I wouldn't call De Bruyne or Aguero De Bruyne or Aguero legend for City either. Okay, City don't have This many This is interesting. That is controversial. No, but but I I get Amar's point. I get Amar's point. Amar's point is that today we call these players legends, but back in the day we had legends who were one club men. I think that's what he's trying Maga, to say. Maga, that is literally two generations. Name people outside the Barca team and the class of '92 that are like that. Okay, Except wait, Lampard wait. Totti, uh, Totti, okay, cool. Gerard, Lampard, Totti, Maldini, Carragher. I have a list open. Maldini, Totti, Carragher, Tony Adams. Okay, no, no. I, yeah. <laughs> Carlos Puyol um obviously gigs and see, all No but you see how rare it is 
Yeah. You're seeing a list of what, 25, 30 people in how many professional footballers have existed bro, in the past like 15 years that we've been watching. Okay, see, and like I would put Rooney into one? this category. Like prime Rooney was at United through no, and Rooney, through. Rooney not counting him is unfair because he came at 16 and left at like 33. So yeah, obviously. But I would con- definitely consider someone like, like a De Bruyne and an Aguero. Would you consider Salah a Liverpool legend? No. I'm asking the hard. He's been a journeyman too. No. Bro, I don't think you can quantify legend status as the amount of time you simply spent at a club. Phil Jones is a de facto United legend for that matter, right? (laughs) I think it's about time that you've been there, definitely. Your relationship with the fans. Your your contribution, yes. But I'm not talking about this in terms of the contribution. No. This is not coming from the contribution side. If it was about contribution, then definitely Aguero and De Bruyne would be considered in that category. Yeah, but in that same way, and I would not consider... Uh, I'm trying to think of someone who's contributed a lot in a very short amount of time that you might not consider a legend. Like someone like a Zlatan at one of the clubs that he's been at. You won't consider him a legend at that club, but he's won a title. I'm saying there's a fine line. I agree with you. It's not like you can't come one day, show up one day, fucking you can't be an Adebayor at a city. Like, yes, I agree. You can't just go somewhere at the peak of your powers, win a trophy at an already good team and fuck off. But, dude, not saying De Bruyne or Aguero are not city legends, I think is a little bit unfair because, like, yes, they have not had enough players. Like, what, Stephen Ireland, you'll make their legend or what? Like, no, you can't. So, like, <laughs> the only players who have done shit, and like I said, we're only going to think of people who won, bro. If Scolzi, Giggsy and all didn't win shit, they wouldn't be shit. Like, like you... It's, I don't know if time matters. To me, time is the least of the things that matter. But it does matter. You're right. You have to be there for a significant amount of time. What do you guys think the amount of time is? Give me a minimum amount of years. I would say three. I guess my nostalgia I guess my nostalgia is more about players not being journeymen. Okay. No, but, but will you see any top players at a top club never making a transfer? I know there were not many, but there were some. Do you think that's going to... Man, c- there were so few, bro. No, I don't think it'll ever happen exactly. again unless they're like Ronaldo and don't get a move. I agree, bro. Yeah. Definitely, it's become easier for players to move and get high money just, just because there are more jobs out there, literally. There are more high-profile football jobs for you to get. You guys are definitely right, but that's like a sign of just economics. I don't think that's to do with like clubs not caring or clubs not wanting club legends because like I think so many players qualify as club legends since then would it, I would consider Son and Harry Kane Tottenham club legends I agree no I, I'm with you on the club legend terminology that anyone can be a club legend but one club men are very rare that that I yes think. I definitely bro just by imagine how many fucking perfect stars have to align for you to stay at a club for the unless you fucking get two footed by Roy Keane two days into your career <laughs> it's gonna be super hard like Amar I get what you're saying though like yeah even I feel we are calling De Bruyne and Aguero City legends but I think they are bro I would go as far as to say for me like one of their legends is also people like Yaya Toure like even that generation. Silva. Silva. David Silva then would come into this category. Yes. yes. Company. Have a trophy. Not not trophy. Comp- 100% company. Like and these guys are also Premier League legends. But like yeah. I, I guess it might be harder. Like it would be harder to be a United legend and a Liverpool legend than a City legend. That way yes. Definitely. Right. Because the bar for what you've contributed amount of time and what you've done to be that. So much higher. Like Rashford, even yeah. at his current rate, in the next five years, if he scores the same amount of goals, let's say every season, which is what, 10, 15 goals. Like, yeah, maybe he's a decent striker. He's never going to be United legend, right, at that rate. 
even if he's been here for 10 years and he's an academy boy even if we win everything if he retires with okay. us no, i think no. he'll still be a legend bro. yeah and yeah. if we win everything i definitely oh, be, but yeah he then i think he'll be sold in like one or two years <laughs> i don't think so that's for the stackers you heard it here first bro rashford ballon d'or 2025 shut up i haven't we given enough terrible calls on this podcast <laughs> bro i'm telling you players like lingard perera <laughs> they they make good bro you don't know adnan yanuzai and we don't want the talent coming up bro <laughs> not the rabbit hole i want to go down right now fucking david moyes 11 you guys remember gabriel obertan huh? hey Do you know that, who he was? Yeah, he was United player who went to Newcastle. I remember that guy, dude. That was the ball yes. guy. Yeah. I think he wore number 7 also. He was Ronaldo's replacement, bro. He wore a number 7, right? After Ronaldo. He was wow. Ronaldo's replacement. <laughs> <laughs> the confidence of Gabriel Overton, man. Wow. <laughs> I don't think it was him who asked, bro. I remember so vividly because Fergie was obviously looking for a player, and the Glazers were like, "Yeah, we have Ronaldo at home. Take one fucking ball, kid." They gave him Fergie's like, "What the fuck?" Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy nostalgia was not required, but yeah, anyway, I remember that guy. That guy and Bebe. Okay, now another thing I really miss is the fucking four-four-two formation, which is just bro. disappeared. Just this year they left, bro. Burnley. Otherwise, yeah, the last, the dying, the dying light, the dying embers, and we saw it. I think it'll come back, bro. In the next three, four years, I feel like there'll be a transition back because four to three ones and four three threes existed before. It's not like new. yeah, yeah, it will. Do, do you guys have any idea as to why? Like, okay, say maybe seven years, seven eight years ago, this was the formation, right? It was basically every club playing a four four two. Actually, seven seven eight years ago, I st- I feel like they started doing the four three two ones and the four three. Twelve, thirteen, fourteen years ago, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifteen years. Amar, okay, twelve. We used to have legends in the Premier League like fucking Bolton Wanderers playing with Sam Allardyce with the fucking four four twos. Everyone played four four two. Bro, these these guys, these managers, Nigel Pearson. United have played four four two for the longest time with Sir under Sir oh, Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah under Sir Alex, the yeah. entire. Time we played like a four-four-two only. It's just that it was a guys go and win. <laughs> like I don't think there yeah. was a problem yeah. or not. Yeah. <laughs> do like, do you yes. guys do? You, what do you guys think of that? I think it's more to do with a two striker up front sort of. I think of, it's uh, pretty easy, bro. To like, I think footballers have become better. So you want people in half spaces. So the four-two-three-one and the number ten happened. Like for me, that's pretty. Like at least for me, that's a linear thought process because I feel like footballers are. Much better with the ball now than they've ever been. Yeah, plus like you can't press from the front with four four two. Two, if you tell two strikers to go press, they're not pressing going to be. Pressing is a pressing is more recent than moving away. That's what. Yeah, no, I'm saying like that's why it doesn't exist today. Like no one has brought it back yeah. in fashion today. Because hey, hey, Burnley will come next year to buy our asses. <laughs> Chill, bro. Chill, I think then. it's more to do with with the ball being. Wanting to play, you want to play on the ground as much yeah. as possible, rather yeah, than because because players are better. You want to make it efficient, like and players can play that hard, flat pass on the ground as opposed to like a hopeful ball into an area for someone to get onto. Not that that's a bad thing, but yeah, you're right. Definitely, like that's a huge thing. 
they also saw dying embers of the 442 when uh, united were always losing 1-0 and in the 70th minute felaini would go and become a striker <laughs> like the second striker nah, that is not a fond nostalgia that's not what this episode has to go back bro i don't know <laughs> speaking speaking this is going to be such a fucking segue bro speaking of felaini i thought of ronaldinho again <laughs> 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 Why? I'll tell you how, bro. Eleni okay. could only do two things. Okay, either head the ball or take it down on his chest. Yeah. And Ronaldinho, it is. I cannot forget this. My man left Barca at the end of his career. Was at AC Milan. No, they played Real. Yeah, Real only in the Champions League. Either round of sixteen or in the group stages. Like either it was like a group of that situation or the Champions League round of sixteen. And this is like fairly recent, like in the grand scheme of things, like two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. So this mm. is like. Two two years or one year before he left back to Brazil, then he came to India and all like one fever dream that was. <laughs> like this is before all that, obviously. Goal kick, bro. Goal kick. Bang from the keeper. Ronaldinho is standing well into the opposition half. The ball is a goal kick. I I, I don't know a better way to describe a football being kicked than a goal kick. This is just put your fucking foot through the ball. See where it goes. Yeah, you can take it down. You can knock it down. You can maybe play a first-time pass. You can do something fancy with the ball. He stopped it dead and held it on his chest, straight off a goal kick, bro. Crazy. With man. a man to his man to his back, he just just catches it on his chest. And I'm just looking at that game. I I cannot forget the commentators stop talking. The fans stop making noise for a good two seconds. He puts the ball down, gives a pass away, and everyone's erupted. Like, bro, what the fuck? What did we just see? I'm fairly certain AC Milan got destroyed in that game, but I don't think anybody, including the fucking Real Madrid players, remembered anything except that one moment. It is etched into my memory till this. Bro, he was so old. You could already see that my man was eating a little too many burgers. Okay? Like he was off the pace. Like at that point in his career, he wasn't the greatest. But. To this touch, man. Fuck. Can't forget that moment, bro. Just iconic, man. Ronaldinho. Yeah. Iconic. So, Vaishnav's nostalgia is basically one player. Yeah, bro. He's he's I I I, I watch football because of Ronaldinho. It, it, there's only one player I watch football for, bro. He made it seem like it wasn't. He made it seem like it was fucking bullying and that was okay and fucking competitive sport. Fucking the shit you would do with a football, bro. That juggling. Who the fuck are you allowed to do that? Ref should come and give straight fucking red, bro. And I think it is so, so, so like just prophetic that Messi's first goal ever for Barca was a Ronaldinho assist, chipped over right over the left center back. Messi brings it down because he's Messi. It was obviously looked so easy. And that picture, bro, of Messi on Ronaldinho's back, to me, that is like peak football moments. Like, it is literally passing the torch on, man. Too good. R10 with Messi, 19. I think he was 30 only at that point. I forget what number. 19 or 30, yeah? Fuck, man. I, I I mean I, one one last thing but um like this is not even football related but the only thing I can compare that to um is in basketball when Michael Jordan was was extremely old and him and a very young Kobe Bryant shared the court and there was this moment where uh, Jordan is coaching Kobe on something and that was literally the passing of the torch of like legends in basketball and what you said it, that's how it happened in football too right like ronaldinho to messi just that you yeah. prophetic man it's 
something that just like can't be written also that way like it's too good yeah moving on another thing that i really miss about football is the drama of the game in general without war like you have goals that are given when they clearly offside like you mentioned on the podcast of the 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 mistaken identity red card i mean all that shit that happens what happened bro absolutely joking remember the goal that liverpool conceded because a balloon fell onto the pitch oh that was amazing <laughs> that's one of my favorite ever moments bro Can't write that. <laughs> I just I just love the whole the whole drama of it because um you know the, those those moments where the, the he's offside by just a millimeter and he goes and scores but there is no fucking way the linesman or the referee can call that as an offside because it's just so close and now I feel that the whole the whole vibe of a goal has gone away because you score the players wait to celebrate to check if var has given it or not not offside okay you go and celebrate i, I mean i think that kieran gibbs will also take that i mean it's good bro overall we just get back. i i feel you definitely that moment of being like oh fuck the, just the whole drama bro like you are one mistake away from a match really blowing out of proportion you know <laughs> it's, it's it, you can't compare it to anything else no yeah amar is right but amar i i I remember this one time and this is us as United fans we got burned by this because I I remember this distinctly from my childhood and I was looking for it online so so in the 9-10 Premier League season United uh, played Chelsea and Chelsea it was the sc- game was 1-1 and they scored a late winner I think it was Drogba who scored the winner or Drogba was the one who was offside and made the pass and they won that game 2-1 it was a late late winner for Chelsea and they ended up winning that league title by one point they finished on 86 points we finished on 85 points to 2009 2010 premier league season so i'm just saying we would have actually won a season if we had var all the way back in the day so it's like yeah but we would have lost a lot of seasons also bro probably i, I don't think so bro i don't think so more than var if they had proper timekeeping 100% but that's not our issue bro you people timekeeping keep... howard web do you remember that whole howard web meme phase bro howard web failed upwards into becoming a world cup finals referee bro yeah yeah like somehow every day is coming back to his job he's getting a raise and more responsibility and he's like guys i didn't learn the first part of this no job. The... don't know what to ask no? the thing is that he was a great referee as long as he was not refereeing a manchester united game because <laughs> then he'd just be so partial <laughs> I, i don't think he was ever a great referee in fact i think premier league referees have always been shit that fernando torres red card was also howard web right where he got a second that? yellow for diving and he was sent off really like vidic has gone and vidic has gone and tackled him from the back <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the referee said shows the second yellow <laughs> to fernando torres for diving where it's a clear fucking goal scoring tackle <laughs> vidic should get a red card but the red card comes out and shown to fernando torres okay it sounds about right peak torres memes bro torres is also nostalgia no bro that guy cut his hair and juju went bro fuck i can't forget that <laughs> My man at gold locks one day next day he comes back as a brunette with like short hair like a buzz cut it's gone bro after that cannot finish all bro. footballing ability vanished with the hair bro it's crazy bro it was mad 
and now footballers had that fucking superstition gone bro fucking they cut their hair every day <laughs> akshar do you have uh, I-, i think you want to talk about one more thing right i did but before that i want to talk now now that we're talking about nostalgia i have like an actual like nostalgic moment and it was when um like you know how when we were kids especially if you're living in india um the matches used to be in the night and sometimes yeah. there'd be a late kick off and you'd have school the next day yeah every sunday eh yeah almost every sunday right or champions league in midweek yeah that's also bro yeah yeah so hey, every- no, champions league and all for me growing up was basically pawn it was i cannot watch it <laughs> there is no way for me to watch it bro fucking week night watching tv after 9 fucking rod no way right so i remember it, it was like a constant negotiation which was like a never ending negotiation with my mom on like when can i watch the match can i watch this match if i study this much if i get these many marks in a test can i watch this match you know it, i used to plan these things out one month in advance so like ma there's a very important match coming i want to watch it so i'd, I'd reserve it a month in advance right there's this one time no matter what happened okay like come what way she just decided that there's an there was an exam it's not like she decided there was an exam the next day and it was united versus arsenal the next day and the match was late at night around 12 12 30 like a midnight kick off for us in india and i i gave up like my mom just wasn't listening to me and i was talking to rehan who is a good friend and listens to the pod shout out uh he told me that Why don't you why don't you give the phone to your mom I'll talk to her okay <laughs> and imagine I think he's like 13 or 14 I was also like 13 at that time <laughs> Rehan is talking to my mom saying auntie can you please let Akshat watch the match it's a very big match I think he's already studied really well <laughs> my mom is holding the phone and she's looking at me and she's just shocked she has like no idea what's going on she <laughs> <laughs> and and in the end of it i think she did allow me to watch it but more of like i think she found it funny that it ever reached that kind of a stage i have a similar experience so this was when we were in 10th grade okay and for our listeners who don't know we were in delhi public school where every monday we used to have something called a monday test so yeah. like you just gave out private information bro i was not in dps i studied at the <laughs> national academy for part right. time vaishnav was in uh, class 9 section a uh, <laughs> we had uh, the same class teacher <laughs> i don't know dox her but okay <laughs> he doxed me <laughs> so 10th grade my uh, academics are very bad my scores are really low and uh, it's the world cup final right it's it's netherlands versus spain the world cup finals that was going to happen on a sunday night on a friday right on a friday i had decided that i am not going to watch the world cup finals because we have a math monday test the next monday this was this was on a friday okay on friday on friday okay Math teacher's comment she's like who all are watching the world cup very few people raise their hands and she's like why a test comes every monday the world cup finals comes once what in four legend, years man. you need to watch the world cup finals what a legend so i decided okay i'm going to watch i'm going to watch the world <laughs> cup finals i watched spain netherlands i destroyed my test the next day i did so horribly oh the test destroyed me i did so horribly 
But I'm like, it's okay because she'll understand because it was the World Cup finals. <laughs> Come to the parent-teacher meeting where my parents go and meet my maths teacher. And she tells my parents that I think your son needs to focus on studies rather than football. <laughs> and <laughs> and that, that was it. Bro, I would have felt so betrayed, man. I did. <laughs> I did feel extremely betrayed. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> I hope you remember yeah. this. But she fucked you, bro. That's damn funny. <laughs> <laughs> she set you up. She smacked you back down. <laughs> damn funny, That's a great story, dude. <laughs> that was damn funny. Are we done? This was story time? Oh, it was story time with Amar today. Yes, it was. Give yourself <laughs> the shitty intro now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, anyways, I think uh, this concludes our podcast. When we will be back next week, the Premier League season will be well and truly underway. We are recording on uh, Saturday night um, uh, American time, so the next morning is the United game, and we are super super excited. Yeah. No, um, yes, we are. Oh, Vaishnav is not left. Left foot is centre back at ten pieces of wood, bro. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is why we get so heartbroken as United fans, bro. Because we say shit like this to ourselves before every season. Because it's true, da. Have we had a left-footed centre back? You tell. <laughs> Anyways, listeners, don't have to listen to this. You can tune out now. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. Here's a left foot.